Today's date is January 26th, 2024, and this is episode 56 with Mari Kiesling. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky and come fishing with us? Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan, and don't push. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days. When he got tired and hungry, his father, he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus to the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the son of God, jump off of this golden rock. For the scripture says that angels will slow you falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus to a mountaintop to shove all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil gave told jesus you can have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord thy god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome each and every one of you. This is an official Godcast. Thank God we made it another Friday. The weekend is officially here. I'm Ron Johnston here with Mary Cameron. And tonight, giving her testimony, our special guest, Mari Kiesling. Let's begin tonight by saying hello to our co-host, Miss Mary Cameron. How's your week going on? What's going on? Good. How are you? I'm good. So far, so good. 
So far, so good. The weekend's here. Thank God it's Friday. Hot and balmy, 40 degrees. <laughs> yeah, we can't seem to get out of the fog here, so I don't know. Snow's a melting. Some of us have snow. Snowmans are melting. No more snowmans. <laughs> How's everybody in the live chat today? Thank you all for joining us. Mary, are you awake? I'm awake. Okay. You're too busy I'm saying hello to everyone, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm sharing away. All right. I'm sharing the show. <laughs> hey, I thought I maybe you were going you. through your notes. Oh, yeah. I have notes from a long time ago. From <laughs> 15 years ago. <laughs> oh. I found notes from Mari's testimony that she gave at our women's group like 15 years ago. I thought it was 10, but I guess it's more like 15 or 20. But so, so Ron thought that was really comical. <laughs> you never cease to amaze me. <laughs> uh, you're one in a million. Yeah, we all are one in a million. There's not another one like us. <laughs> That's right. What's going on next week? Mr. David Gribble. Gribble. Yes. Foot, people know him as Footloose as his online handle. Wonderful. Patriots for Prosperity. And, and that's next that, week. And yeah, after that, if you'd open. like to come on the Godcast to share your testimony, you can email us at this is an official Godcast at gmail.com or you can find our page on Facebook, on X. You can find us on Telegram. Smoke signals, carrier pigeons, all are acceptable <laughs> means of uh, ways of getting in touch with us. Just get in touch with us and we'll schedule you for a testimony. Beautiful thing. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, prayer requests for those that are joining us in live chat. If you have any prayer requests, please tag Mary. And uh, also, we want to thank you all for supporting us, for praying for us. We thank you. We love you. Thank you for being part of our family. Those were the announcements. Do we cover everything, Mary? Are we cool? I think so. Cool, cool. I think we got it. Can we welcome Mari? Yes, we can. Mari Kiesling, welcome to the Godcast. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here tonight. Pleasure is I'm all excited. Us. We're excited. Mary's excited. <laughs> Another one of those pre-shows. You almost got us crying again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hope everybody brought their Kleenex. Tears of laughter, tears of joy, tears of sadness. We'll have them all. Yes. Uh, Mari, you are um, an author, speaker, a blogger. But tell us about Live Your Faith Ministries. Yeah, well, that was, um, it's, it's an adventure. Uh, I felt compelled to write some studies and um, God just lays things on my heart and, you know, just keeps pushing me out to, to share um, what he's showing me with others. And so I was doing a daily blog for a while and uh, wrote a couple Bible studies and um, took a little time off. And now I'm, I'm doing more work for my church um, church-wide studies, um, devotions, things like that for them. Um, well, I work full-time now outside of the house. 
So. And you have a website where I we do. can find you. Please share that with us. If anyone like to to find Mari. Um. So it's so there's marikiesling.com. It's also under uh, Live Your Live Your Faith Ministries, is what the the Life Ministry stands for. Live Your Faith, because nice. that's that was really what it is. It's like there's it's not just what we know or think we believe. It's actually how we live it out every day and the decisions we make, the interactions, the conversations, and and how God's working and how we're joining Him in what He's doing. That's lovely. Um, and you and you have a project that you're working on now currently. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So we are doing a churchwide study over the Lent season, and it is a seven-week study called "The Lamb of God: The Sacrifice That Sets Us Free." Uh, it's uh, based on the last seven statements of Jesus from the cross. We're going to talk about uh, forgiveness, assurance reconciliation, redemption, righteousness, uh, freedom, and finally surrender. And then we'll go into the Easter weekend. Seven words, seven weeks. Mm -hmm. Perfect. It's perfect. That's, yeah, that's a nice study. Well, you are doing work. Yeah, it is work. <laughs> that's one of the things Mary and I talk about there. Get out and do some work. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Exactly. And people can access that as well, correct? Is that something that's going to be like the, the messages that are given each Sunday will correspond to the studies or the devotional that you're writing? Yep. So there will be uh, links on our website, uh, the Northgate Church website, uh, ngatechurch.org, I believe it is. Um, you can post that or fix it and <laughs> let me know if I got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, it um, And so there'll be the messages each week. Uh, there'll be a devotion, daily devotion. So 50 devotions that you can download. Um, and then there'll be a video session and discussion group questions that'll all be available for the seven weeks. You're not awesome. just doing it. You're doing it for real for real for real <laughs> yeah I, every time i get an idea i get part way in and i'm like what was i thinking <laughs> it's a lot of work but i'm always every time i do it like there's just so much joy yeah I, it's so I rewarding think you, you think you know and then you realize wow there's just so much more to know there's just, you know god is so good yes mm -hmm. teaching you while you're teaching exactly <laughs> Beautiful. We're so excited to hear your testimony. Um, Mary is really excited to hear it again. <laughs> it cracks me up. Listeners, you got to hear this. We're, we're talking in the in the in the pre-show, and and Mary says, "I I got notes from your testimony," and then a few sentences later, she mentions that the testimony is from like fifteen to twenty years ago. And I'm like, "What? You have notes from fifteen to twenty years ago? What?" Oh yeah, I was looking for some beta notes on my uh, uh on my in my inbox, one of her emails. She's looking for beta notes. She's got notes on beta somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who don't know what beta, it's not about and, the the uh VHS versus beta. <laughs> it's it's for um it's like the next class after alpha. 
And so it's a lot on spiritual warfare, which we'll probably talk a little bit about that tonight too. So now when, when you take, I know that you take notes during these testimonies here on the Godcast too, correct, Mary? Yes. Yes. Where do those go? In my little folder right here next to me. Hmm. My three ring binder. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I ever ever want to have any questions, like we can go back. I know you got good notes on it. That's awesome. Well, I learned a lot of that note taking from Miss Murray here. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I think she gives me too much credit sometimes. But. <laughs> well, you're a wonderful teacher. I mean, we've all already <laughs> yeah. figured that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're looking forward to the testimony. Before we do, um, please, everyone join me in prayer, and then we'll get right into it. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again, Father, for the opportunity to gather together here as body of Christ, uh, just, just to have more of you in our lives. We ask Holy Spirit to help us soak in this great testimony and this message that you've prepared for us here, for each one of us. And we pray for Mari. Uh, we ask that you give her peace and calm in her heart as she shares her story. And I ask you, Father, to prepare our hearts for tonight and also going forward help us to share what you're doing in each one of our lives to others to be a beacon to others help us to find opportunities to share jesus we thank you for the love that you've extended to us through him and we thank you lord jesus for your sacrifice that you made on our behalf help us to live a life that's worthy of the sacrifice you made help us to have a night here that will bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Mari, um, do you, do you want to begin? Do you want us to ask you questions? What, what's easiest for you? Is there a place you wanted to start or had in mind? Um, well, you know, I, I could just say a few words to okay. start. Um, so when Mary asked me to give my testimony, you know, I was thinking, I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. There's not this one big story. There's not one thing that kind of encompasses that story. It's just a lot of little things that have happened over yeah. my lifetime. And there are things that may not seem even like big changes or like something that was like, you know, this miraculous thing that I overcame or I'm doing, you know, other people might not see it that way. But for me, it's a really big thing. Um, and I'm already crying. So I grew up in a secular home and uh, my parents uh, both had gone to church and uh when they were you know at, at at their homes when they were younger and um both had bad experiences and uh they had gotten married had kids got divorced got to then they met so they were married to other people each had three kids ended up in the same apartment building uh, met got married and had me and so um there was just a lot going on in life. And uh, so faith wasn't something that was a part of 
that dynamic. Um, other than my, you know, my dad believed in a, a higher power, but he didn't really call that God or know if it was God. Although he prayed a few times, which always, he, there were a couple times that he prayed that he specifically told me about. And one of them when I was born because I almost died. And so he, he prayed that I wouldn't die and I didn't. And I just remember always thinking like, oh, did God answer that prayer? Does God know me? Yeah. You know, is God in, you know, is he, does he care about me that way? Is that true? So that was something that was always on my mind. Um, but so, yeah, so we, you know, church was a, a negative thing. Pastors, they're conmen, they're hypocrites. They just want your money. All of that kind of thing is um, judgmental. All of the standard things is what I uh, heard growing up. And, but they always also said I was free to make my own decision about whatever I wanted to, to believe. So when I was four years old, um, about, I wasn't, I don't think I was in school yet. I would go to church occasionally with our neighbors and uh, would go into the Sunday school class. And I remember still the, you know, the standard Jesus picture of in the, the kind of the, um, what do you call it? Uh, filtered picture, filtered look with yeah. the Jesus face looking up off to the side, you know, with the, the glamour shot. <laughs> yes, the glamour <laughs> shot, exactly. And so I remembered that picture, even though I didn't really know who it was, that picture stayed in my mind. But so every week they were having a different child talk about themselves. And when it became, when it was my week, I didn't go. I stopped oh. going oh. because I didn't want to talk about myself. Hmm. I didn't want to share uh, anything. I didn't want the judgment. I didn't want the, um, you know, just that exposure, that feeling of being vulnerable. Yeah. And that really is what stuck with me through like my whole school years. You know, didn't want to be, did, just didn't want to be um, upfront. So when I think of doing this now, you know, being <laughs> or exposed and vulnerable, right? Like, like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? You know, well, God has done this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's no other way that I could be taking these steps that I'm doing with the writing, with the speaking, with the videos. Oh, my goodness, videos. I'm on videos, you know, it's just so strange. Um, <laughs> So I see where God has brought me since that day. And uh, it's just been one step after another of uh, promptings, nudges, curiosities, being at the right place at the right time to hear a message, just so brief that just stuck with me. And God being so faithful to like circle back to those times and remind me that he heard it, he knew, and he's answering me even years later. Um, yes. and just that that being patient and knowing he's faithful uh it's it's a it's just uh it still uh, obviously chokes me up to so when i really start to think about it you know um just how good he's been over the years oh yes for sure so um <clears throat> you mentioned your family a little bit um 
So you, uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? You, you had a blended family then and what that was like um, growing up with uh, half siblings and, and that kind of thing or what kind of environment that was, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, like I said, my, my dad had three children from a previous marriage and my mom had three children. And, um, you know, it was just a, it was a different situation for me because my parents were married my parents were together and um so they were going through a lot of things that i didn't understand um and so there was they were just my siblings though like i didn't see them as half or you know yes it was my family um and so we had a big family there were seven of us and i loved it and felt like i was close to all of them but just, you know, over the years and situations, and they were all 10 to 15 years older than me. So, you know, at some point I was an only child, um, really close to my parents. Um, and like I said, they always gave me this opportunity to, to explore um, my faith. We didn't talk about it. Um, we didn't, uh, we, we didn't talk about it, but it's interesting. Uh, the again, when I was really young, a couple of years after the Sunday school situation, um, I, I had watched something on TV and heard about Jesus. There was some, you know, documentary or, you know, I, I just watched all sorts of things on TV <laughs> and something caught my attention. And I asked my dad, I said, who, you know, who is Jesus? Is he real? Was he a real person? And he said he was a real person who lived, you know, thousands of years ago. And I said, well, what happened to him? Well, what's a what's the story about him kind of thing? I don't remember how I said it as a six-year-old or whatever, but that was the gist of it. Who is he? And he said, well, he he claimed to be God and they killed him, like he was killed. And um, they crucified him. And I said, he claimed, you know, so so was he God? And he said, well, some people think he was. And there was two things that happened was one was I thought, I don't think he thinks that he's one of those people who thinks he was yeah, because he's referring to other people thinking that. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, how could people do that? Like, how could they not know? How could God be in front of them and them not know that's who he was? It just didn't make any sense. But there was a moment where I think, you know, I, I still don't know if I, I kind of feel like I believed that he was, but I just didn't know. I didn't understand. Like it just seemed, it seemed completely possible to me uh, that he was, it seemed more possible that Jesus was God than the fact that people could kill God, <laughs> that that they wouldn't yeah. know he was God. So, so that kind of started things for me, I think, with really going after a little bit more, paying attention to things a little bit more with faith and knowing, noticing friends who were um, going to church and we never went to church and they were baptized and I wasn't baptized and just seeing some difference. And, and then things that people couldn't do or could, you know, had to do or all of those kinds of things. And just wondering what that was like to have faith or to be a part of a church or was that a good thing or not a good thing? Right. You know, just yeah. not knowing. Yeah. Um, 
But over the years then too, going to church with friends or to their CCD classes or whatever and hearing stories. There was one I went to, um, 10th grade, I think it was. And there was a story about a girl, a little girl who was go went to church with her family. And at some point she started giving away all of her toys. And she said that God told her she wasn't going to need them anymore. Oh, and, wow. you know, people didn't know what was going on, why she was saying this. And a tornado came through and she died. Oh, the, wow. I mean, it was like, but like she was completely at peace. Like this little girl, like, I'm not going to need these anymore. And, you know, it's, and I'm like, what? Oh. I mean, it, there's this aspect of it that was just overwhelming in that. But then I was thinking, could she really hear God? Was God really nudging or prompting or speaking to her in a way that she was able to respond and trust even as a little child, you know, um, which is really, you know, that's not lost on me, the faith of a child, you know? Um, and then when I was older, hearing a story from an elderly woman who was talking about this conversation she was having with God. And I just thought, is she crazy? Can she, God, is she really talking? Like, what's going on here? But then, well, if she can hear God, can I hear God? Would God talk to me? Would God um, actually talk with me? And, you know, just again, not, not realizing that some of these things that are happening are him talking to me, are him um, interacting with me. And uh, so, yeah, so it, you know, that was, that was just another story. But when we were, when I was growing up, um, again, just, we had the normal family situations with a, you know, with a blended family, like I said, but, um, really did love growing up in my family. Um, yeah, they were, it was, I, I enjoyed spending time with my siblings. Um, so anyways, we, uh, when I got older, um, I met my husband in high school. And when I graduated, I told him that I wanted to go to church and he had a good experience. So we started going to church. And I went to every class I could go to, um, you know, about what it meant to be a Lutheran or uh, what other denominations or other uh, um, religions were about, just to try to get some background on what, what all of these, you know, why there were so many options or what all these different things that people thought and who's right and who's wrong. And, um, if that's even what you would call it, you know, or are there, are there different ways to think about God? Yeah. And, uh, um, ended up getting baptized before we were married. And it was so funny because the pastor asked me if I wanted to be baptized. And I said, I do, I don't know why. <laughs> I, really, I, I really want to be, um, I wanted to feel like I was part of something. And I don't know if it was really, just that simple but feeling like i wanted to belong to god like i wanted 
if that was the connection that I needed to know that he could, that he was listening or was there or, you know, I didn't really get how it all worked. And, but so he had me read the gospel of Matthew and outline it. <laughs> and, I did it. And, and the only thing I remember was, it was the verse that stuck out was about uh, not, not hiding your lamp, light under a basket, letting your light shine. Yeah. yeah. That was the one thing that stuck with me for so long. Um, and so I was baptized then. And um, that was, you know, that was probably really the, the beginning of my faith. But I, I still didn't have a breakthrough. Like I wasn't, I didn't read the Bible. Um, I didn't really understand the messages. I didn't, uh, didn't really think much consistently about God. You know, it wasn't an active everyday part of my life from what, from how I saw things. Yeah. So, um, so this is your, your young married couple and, you know, starting a family and you're here in Minnesota and um, still trying to connect your, your faith with what you believe and and that kind of thing, like you were saying. So I I know, see, I, I know Mari for a long time, so I know some of these backstories. And um, would you like to share the story about um, what prompted you guys to to move to California and and then maybe what happened when you were there? Sure. Yep. Okay. Um, so my husband works for uh, the company he works for, um, he he worked with a lot of vendors uh, in kind of IT computer systems. Um, that's not his department, but he's kind of the user um, interaction for that those companies, making sure everything's running correctly. Um, and he just he just knew his stuff, so they kept suggesting um, or informally interviewing him for different positions around the country and we kept we would say no you know we'd look at it no so we can't leave we can't leave can't leave and i didn't really want to move and i said i would never move to florida or california <laughs> the two places i'd never go and one day he called me and said i think i just had a, a informal interview for a position in southern california and i just thought there was this piece that came over me that I could not explain. And all I could say was, I can't say no to this one. If you think it's the right thing to do, we should go. Um, I'm in. It's okay. And it was just that quick and easy. And within the course of six weeks, um, he had a job. We sold our house. Um, and we were moving and, but, but part of that too was in the process of making that decision, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to take a, we don't want to put our family in financial risk. We were, you know, it's expensive in California and he had a good job where we were. So we were praying about it. Um, by this time we were praying about things. <laughs> quite a bit. And um, he, uh, we, we had a couple different price points 
and it sounds kind of weird to think this way, but I mean, I think there are ways that we can know what God is saying to do. You know, like we're like, okay, for this, if this is what they offer you, we're not going to go. It's going to be a hardship. We just don't see that as being the right move for our family at this point. I mean, if it's, you know, this really high number, well, yeah, we'll go, we'll check it out, we'll do something new, it'd be kind of an adventure. But there's this one amount in the middle that if that's what you're offered, we'll know that God's in this, that he wants us to go, that we're supposed to go. And they they offered and they made an offer and he it wasn't the number and Craig said well I'll have to talk to my wife we'll pray about it well the the manager said well let me see what I can do and he came back a couple of days later and he said well I prayed about it and this is the offer and it was that exact amount <laughs> we had said we will know and so we just said okay well that's it like we know i mean i feel like we're putting the fleece out you know like that <laughs> you know but you know it was just that's kind of where we were at at the time and so we did we moved we went out there and it was such a strange thing to be away from family and for me in particular i really had never i'm not a traveler i had never been away from home and was really close to my parents so felt like I was kind of you know out there and vulnerable really having to trust what was happening and our neighbors introduced us to uh, their church um, which was Saddleback Church Rick Warren's church and we went and the first time we went uh, you know there were hands in the air and I'm like no <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with this you know um, but Craig we're was like, like we're coming from the Lutheran. Yeah, it, it was just a little, I wasn't, I just wasn't sure, you know, because I have all this baggage of what my parents had said about church. And, you know, is it a show? Is it a performance? Is it, you know, what are they doing? Um, and, and I don't, so anyway, so I had all these preconceived notions. So I was just uncomfortable. And after a couple weeks, I, well, it was probably six weeks. I told Craig, I said, you know, I want to go back and I'm going to be open to what is going on. I want to be open. I'm not going to put my hands in the air. I might clap, but I'm, you know, <laughs> but I just want to be open to what's, what is going on. I just felt this nudge to go. And so we went and that night, um, gosh, I really didn't even make this connection that night. Um, the message was the passion of the Christ was coming out that Easter for the first time, you know, it was this brand new movie. And um, Pastor Rick was talking about the argument for Christ that C.S. Lewis gives where either he's a con man, a crazy man, or he's telling the truth. And as I sat there listening, I felt like, like I had this vision of Jesus just inches from my face looking at me saying, who do you say I am? You know, am I? And I, I had to think about that. Like, no, I, you're not crazy. You're not a con man. You have, you're telling the truth. You're the son of God. You're the Messiah. And the way, and his response to me was, then there are some things that need to change. And 
that's how he talks to me. Like, I, I don't know that everybody would appreciate that um, <laughs> or would think like, would God say that? But that was, that was the impression. And instantly there were two things that I knew he was speaking to that he wanted to be different with me than, you know, how I had been living and responding to things. And so that, that's the night I, I officially formally gave my life to Christ. And Craig and I were both baptized a, a couple months later. And by the end of that year, we were leading a small group, never been in a group before, was totally afraid to be in a group because, you know, I I don't know anything. What do they talk about? Who, again, who's going to judge me? What are they going to think of me? Um, what am I going to have to share? And, uh, but we were leading a group. We were serving. Um, it was, it was a, a, a complete change. And then in the middle of it, he moved us back to Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Another just out of the blue thing where Craig woke up one morning and said, I think we need to move back. God's telling me we need to move back. And I said, we don't need to move back by now. I'm totally settled in Southern California. I love it. You know, 25 degrees is the coldest day in the winter and that's rare. Um, and, uh, you know, I had friends and the kids were settled in the school and he said, no, your dad's going to need us. And I'm like, my dad's fine. He's like, I, I really think that this is something we need to do. And so within a month, he had a job, the house was sold and we were moving back to Minnesota. I mean, it was just, I laid in bed one night and said, I don't understand God, but if you, if you, if you want us to go, I'll go. Just kind of, just give me some clues, like help me see the glimpses of, of what you're doing that I can keep pressing forward. And um, yeah, the first people to walk through our house bought it. So um, I'm like, okay, we're, we're moving back. And um, 18, no, uh, a year later, after we moved back, we moved back on my dad's birthday. A year later, he developed a cough and 10 months later, he had passed away. And my mom didn't drive, doesn't drive. And my siblings weren't living around here. And my dad and I were really close. And I cannot imagine what it would have been like to be in California, yeah. uh, 20, you know, 2,000 miles away with my dad sick and not seeing him and not being able to help. And um, they ended up moving half a mile from me <laughs> during that time. Um, but it was it was a, a good time. Um, I can't imagine. And so we've, we've been here for 20 years now. And um, yeah, so that was, uh, it was um, a, a step of faith, which has kind of always been my, my saying is it's one, you know, a step of faith, one step at a time, you know, God's just taking ground little by little. And um Every little act of obedience draws me closer to him and sees more of what he's doing. And just so grateful that um, he spoke to Craig because I don't think I would have heard it. I don't think I would have responded necessarily the same way. Maybe I would have, but that was another, that's another thing that I've seen is there are times when he's saying something to Craig, my husband, that he's communicating to me 
And then there are times that I'm hearing something and having to communicate it to Craig and, you know, whoever needs it, uh, whoever's open to it more, yeah, maybe, or isn't going to understand it better. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's been a good, um, uh, how do I say it? Like just how it's drawn Craig and I closer together mm-hmm. because we do support each other that way. Like we're, we're both pretty active and, doing our our own thing um in serving and what what we're passionate about and our work and all of you know at church wherever um but there are we both have our struggles we have our weak points and it's like god knows how to how to use the strengths of the other to support each other you know so so yeah that's that's what happened there one thing um, gosh, it just came to mind. So I'm going to share it now. I don't know if it's going to, it doesn't really fit chronologically, but, um, that's okay. God loves to do that. Yeah. So one of the things that really was a turning point in our faith, there were two things, because another thing just came to mind. So one thing was when I was young, I was afraid of storms, terrified of storms. And, um, I would, just wanted I wanted to be awake I don't even know if I was praying when I was young but I I just wanted to know that I was going to be okay if I needed to get downstairs to the basement if a tornado was coming anything like that I just wanted to be able to be prepared to get to safety and so as I got older you know that was just always the way it was but we were in our house in um, our first house and there was a thunderstorm and our oldest daughter at the time was, I think she was probably about four or five. She woke up in the middle of the night. And so she woke me up and then our other daughter woke up. And so all four of us were awake um, and they were watching the TV, the weather and the lightning hit our house. We didn't know it hit our house, but the lights went out and we looked outside, we looked around, didn't see anything. Um, The fuse, we flipped the fuse back on. The lights came on, the TV was shot, but you know, we had power. So we figured it hit the transformer or near the transformer and we went to bed. Um, And two hours later, there was a pounding on our door and we could smell smoke instantly. And the we could hear the man at the door yelling, your house is on fire, your house is on fire. Wow. And so I look back at that and I think we were awake when lightning hit our house in the middle of the night. Like, how is that even possible for such a, a random occurrence? Uh, you know, the odds of getting hit by lightning. And yet all four of us were awake. So we knew exactly what had happened. Um, yeah. And. Yeah, we went to bed, but God sent some, not one of our neighbors knew what happened. We don't, this guy was driving by at 3.30 in the morning, you know, and um, so God sent somebody to wake us up again, you know, <laughs> that's kind of like our angel. And um, so we, we were called the next day, we're calling and trying to get estimates and somebody to help. And they kept saying, well, there had been so many storms that year that, you know, we were way down the list. Well, I just remember 
praying and praying like, God, I don't know who's going to help us, how we're going to get through this. Um, and the next number I called, they said, oh, it's a fire. You're, we'll move you to the top of the list. <laughs> and just thanking God that, again, that, you know, okay, you led me to the right number, the right person to help. And sometimes you can look at a situation like that and think, well, why did God let lightning hit my house? But yet, I can look back and say, lightning hit my house, but God took care of me through it and was walking with us through it and helping us in our decisions and our um, just having faith that it was going to be okay. Um, so it was, it was kind of this moment of like, oh, maybe God is doing something to help with this. And it just... It was kind of a turning point with us at church. And this was before, when I said we started, we were praying more by this time. Well, this was kind of the instigator of, of how that all started, was seeing how God was helping us in the middle of a bad situation. Um, yes. You know, so. With prayer. Yeah. And then um, I, I already forgot the other one that I was thinking of. So. <laughs> It, it might come to, it might yeah. come to mind. What it I was thinking when you were talking was, um, you had, you've you've had some uh, thoughts about feeling blessed, and what that meant to you, um, even growing up and even you know all through your life. And I'd love for you to share that uh, with us. So. So when I was young, um, I did. I had this feeling of being blessed, and that was the word that I used to describe the feeling that I had. Like things would, things weren't always perfect, but like things would work out. There, things would resolve. And you know, I I felt like I had somebody watching out for me, and um, and the two things that would happen or the, the two things that I would think after I would think I was blessed was, I would think, well, who, who am I to think that I'm blessed? Or maybe it sounded more like, who do you think you are to be blessed? And then if you tell anybody, you're going to lose the blessing. And so, of course, listening to those two thoughts, they contradicted each other, because if there was no blessing, there wouldn't be anything to lose. It wouldn't matter what I said. So. Um, as I got older, once we had moved to California and kind of had this new experience, I um, I told my husband, I said, you know, I've this is how I have felt because I, what I realized is that there's nothing special about me, not in a like I have something that nobody else can have in feeling blessed. It's or being blessed. It's something that's available to everybody. Um, and we, we can't lose it because God wants to give this to us. Like God wants to bless us. You know, he wants us to, to, um, talk about his goodness and share things that he's doing with each other. Um, so there's nothing special about me. Just somehow I recognize it. I see it. I experience it. And whether that's just that I'm, you know, however I have become open to that, um, but that's something that's available to everybody. And I think that's one of the, the things that I want people to know is that they can have this relationship with God. They can experience his 
goodness and his grace and his blessing and his gifts and his mercy and forgiveness and all of these other things and just how he comes along and encourages and um i would just the other it's the other i don't know a couple months ago actually by now um i was driving in the car and was driving down the road and i saw a turkey in the road like a, a run over turkey but it was i saw it and i thought is that a turkey why would a turkey be in the middle of the road here? And as I went through the intersection, there was another turkey in the median. I went, oh, well, there really are turkey here. That was a turkey back there, I'm sure. And then I thought, well, how's the turkey gonna get out of the median? There's so much traffic. And as I looked in the rear view mirror, the turkey flew just over the cars and was now on the side of the road. And my thought was, oh, thank you, God, for showing me all that. Like I felt like he was sitting in the car with me, like a parent with a child, where a child's asking all these questions. Well, how does this happen? And what's that like? And how's this gonna go? And <laughs> this, well, this is how it helps you. And this is, and it was like, you cared enough about this little conversation about this turkey? Like, really? <laughs> like what else, if you cared about this conversation, how much more do you care about? in regards to you know everything else in my life about just me as a just me and um and other people you know like it's such a it it's just such a personal personal intimate thing such a small odd thing and yet really by the end of it i was crying like being <laughs> giving god the glory for just his his how he cares for us how he's in things how he he's listening and paying attention and how many times do we just not acknowledge him and give him an opportunity to speak to listen to him and um just being aware that he's a he's there um so anyways just an odd little story but just it that's awesome it was just another moment where it's just like it strengthened um, I went into work that day, just like, oh yeah, God's with me today. You know, <laughs> yeah, God's got the turkey. I'm, yeah. I'm all set. I, yeah, I, I'm good. Like, <laughs> you know, awesome. That's one of the things I love about you is that you, um, there's so many things, but um, one is that the questions, like you, you have never been afraid to ask God even the tough questions and just to have those conversations with him. And, and I've learned so much from you over the years about that. And <clears throat> also just overcoming adversity. And, and I know that you, you can had a time in your life where you had dealt with anxiety and that comes forward sometimes too. So if, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, it's interesting because I really didn't suffer from anxiety that I recall um, until I became a Christian, until I had accepted Christ. And it just, which kind of surprised me when I thought about it, but what I realized was it was really, it was really about giving up control, um, about realizing who was in control. And, um, you know, so I I felt helpless, or that's the feeling of having to give up control um, manifested 
through this helpless anxiety. Like I, I, I now don't have control. Um, but through that, really being able to um, give that control to God. Um, I, uh, at some, I was seeing a counselor for a little bit and talking through some things and it seemed like there was some progress being made, um, but it was still happening. And Craig just finally said, have you journaled about it? And I'm like, well, gosh, I don't really know how much I have. And so I sat down and started journaling and um, came across, uh, you know, the verse, uh, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Mm -hmm. I may have gotten that out of order, but that that was it, right? And um, just thinking like, okay, God, your grace is sufficient, whether I live or die. I mean, the, that's what the anxiety is about is health and physical well-being. And I don't know what's happening to me. And I don't know what this feeling is. If there's really something wrong, if, if it's all in my mind. Um, but either there's some, there's nothing wrong and I'll be okay. Or there's something. And worst case scenario is I die, but then I'm with you. And so I want to make the most of the time I have and trust you with whatever I don't know. Again, going back to the storm, I want control. I want to know. I want to take care of myself. I want to know that I'm protected and I'm safe. And, um, you know, what all that comes from growing up in what, like I said, seemed like kind of a um, challenging time of, people coming from different backgrounds and the different, you know, the different situations and the, the trying to blend these families and keep order. And um, I, I don't really know where I, where that was what I picked up. I don't know what sparked it, but what I have, what I recognize is that over the course of my life, that's what I want is control. I want to know how things are going to turn out. And I can't, I can't know how everything is going to go. But what I can know is that in Christ, I'm secure. I'm safe. I'm, um, I have nothing to fear. Um, and, and I think that there are times when I, um, I say, I don't trust people. I trust God, but I don't trust people. I, <laughs> I, can't, control, I can't control them either. Right? Um, but but I realized too that it's not really true because if I don't trust people, then I don't trust God with the people he's put in my life. Very true. Amen. And so I have to be willing to, to at least give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> you know, I have to come at things more open, um, more willing to be vulnerable, more willing to be, um, more, more opportunity for me to just mess up too and make mistakes. And, um, you know, he's put me in positions where I've had to really, I mean, I, he, I started a job. I haven't worked, I hadn't worked in 17 years. Then I got a job doing something I'd never done before. And, and I cried for 24 hours at one point, because I thought I have no idea what I'm doing. I am going to just fail miserably at this. And he spoke to me so clearly and he said, 
I know every word you're going to say. I know everything you're going to do. I know your intentions. I know your heart. And even if you get fired, I am at the end of the day, I am still going to love you and your husband's going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it was really important that I knew both of them were going to be <laughs> And but it, but I mean, literally, I was crying for 24 hours. My eyes hurt so bad. I mean, I would go to the bathroom at work and cry in the car on the way home. Like I was just a mess for that for that time. But there was this thing that God was doing that he was trying to break through in me to not be so afraid. And when he said that, it was just, it was like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like I can do this. And I'm, I'm in the position I'm in. I've been working for six years. I, I mean, I love it. I absolutely love the job. I'm a different person because of this experience of having to, to be out having conversations with people um, talking about the things I do. And, um, you know, I think God, you know, God was in this too. You know, I never would have had this idea. Um, I, I didn't think, I didn't, when I, when we decided that I would get a job, I thought, I don't, six months before I got the job, I'm going to back up just a little bit. Six months before I got the job, we talked about this happening at some point. And I told my husband, I said, I haven't worked for 17 years. I have a two-year degree. Who's going to hire me? You know, I don't know what's changed. I, I, I got to go and interview for something. And how, what I, I don't even know what I'm good at anymore. And so six months later, I um, was having a conversation with a friend and thought, oh, maybe I could do that. And he, we talked about what his responsibility, you know, what his responsibilities would be. And that next week, he had, he called me. We talked through it again. He gave my information to his boss. He called me that night. And by Friday, I had a job. And I, he was, he offered me the job before I even had the interview. And, you know, it's like, what just happened? How did I end up here? But, you know, again, I think there's sometimes when we just admit what the fears are, what our concerns are, when we're willing to just say, you know, I don't want to put on, like, I, these are the concerns I have. I can't do this. I don't have that. I'm afraid of this. And it was like, God took it all away. I didn't go pushing for it. I didn't necessarily go looking for it. But when the opportunity was there, it was right. And um, and I, I've seen that happen uh, at various times in various ways. Another job I had, I told my husband, I said, if I'm going to get a part-time job, it's going to be, these are the things that I would like to have. This is what I feel like would work for our family. And he didn't, he's like, it's never going to happen. You're, it, that sounds like the, like a dream job. I don't know how you're ever <laughs> going to find it. And uh, and literally, I we had started at a church when we moved back. And so we'd been at the church for four months. And the small director of small groups came up to me and he said, I've got a part-time job opening. And you came to mind. So we talked. God's like, watch and, this. And it hit, it hit every part of that. I love it. Like those things that would work for our family. And and they like I said, some of these things sound so menial compared to, 
you know, the cancer diagnosis or the addiction and, you know, these, these big things and, and they all of, but what I've learned is all of these things matter, all of these testimonies, because, you know, just because I haven't had some of those things happen doesn't mean that God's not as much in my story, in my life, watching over me the same, you know, and I know there, there are things from my past. Um, we haven't talked about those things. And I don't, I, I don't know that I see those as, I don't see what I was doing so much as the thing God saved me from. I see it as stepping stones for hearing God speaking to me. I see where I was. I see where I was going. And I see how God intervened and and got my attention. And so, you know, it it takes, for me, it took just a real awareness of what was going on in my life and in my heart and and not just moving quickly through life with what I thought um, I should do or wanted to do. Like you said, I, I, I ponder things, um, but I never ponder too long. I, I do want an answer and a result to come eventually. I have to do something. And, and God responds to that. I, he knows who I am. He knows who each one of us are and how we respond best to him. He knows how he needs to speak to us for us to really hear him and understand and get the message. Um, this whole fear of what are people going to think of me? Even talking now as I'm listening to myself, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what am I saying? <laughs> and and he, but he knows me. He knows how I think. He knows how I operate because he made me. Like these are, there's something good about this that he knows exactly how. I fit into where he's put me. Um, he knows, I think you've said this to me, Mary, like I have a unique, I have a certain voice. I have a special, I have a, not a special voice. I have a unique voice, uh, a specific voice. Um, you know, there is, there is something about the way I say things that somebody needs to hear, not everybody, but right. somebody. And so that's, that's my hope is that, you know, God has shown me that it's okay to be who I am. Um, he loves me. He knows me. Um, he's going to help me through things that I struggle with. And, um, but he's, he really, he knows everybody and all of those things. He, he delights in me. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, and I think John, I connect really well with, John from the Gospels and, you know, calling himself the one dis the disciple Jesus loves um, because, you know, the, I, I know that he delights in me and he delights in everybody. Um, and so it's not a, it's not prideful to think that about myself, that that's how God sees me. Um, because I know what it's like to be a parent. I look at my kids and my grandkids and I, I mean, I'm just giddy with joy at what they're doing. And when, when you know that they don't want to do something or they're afraid to do something and they take that step and do it and you're like, yes, they did yes. it, you know, ah, oh, they did it and look at what they're doing now. And, and I think that's, that's what God does. Like, that's how he sees yes. us. 
And there's just this joy that he has in us. And um, so, uh, so I was, I had a dream, uh, I don't know, sometime in the last year and I was in a group, it was like a, uh, like a therapy group session. That's how it felt. I don't really know what it was because the only thing I really remember was the person leading it asked me, well, what do you, what does God think of you? And without hesitation, I said, he adores me. And I woke up <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. God's so, favorite. <laughs> yeah, I'm God's Everyone's favorite. God's favorite. It's right. And, and, you know, but there's something about really being able to, to live in that, to trust him every day and just, when when you hit that fear or that hesitation or that concern like okay god you know what i'm i'm usually sure what he wants me to do or how he wants me to respond and it's like okay i am going to trust you in this i i i sometimes pull back um but more and more i'm learning to step out um i mentioned the videos for the the studies the first time my pastor suggested videos i almost got up and left the room <laughs> except that before that i had said okay god well you know i'm not going to go out and pursue this but whatever opportunities you put in front of me i'll say yes to and so i'm sitting there <laughs> like <laughs> you know wanting to get up and and just run from the room but realizing like okay, this is an opportunity God has put in front of me. Do I trust him with it? And um, so now we're on our fourth church-wide study, done videos every time. I actually enjoy it, which feels kind of strange. And um, it's been really good. And so even with this coming on, um, you know, it's, why would I run from it? What, you know, there, here's an opportunity. I don't know exactly what needs to be said, um, but I'm hoping and praying that something that I've said connects with somebody, even if it's just one person who heard one thing, um, where they question, okay, so this is how she feels, this is how she sees God, this is how God interacts with her, or how she, even how she believes God interacts with her. Would God actually see me that way? Would God actually respond to me? Would he answer me? Would, does he hear me? Does he see me? Does he know me? Um, and the answer is yes. He knows you. Yeah. He sees you. He, you know, he wants to be an active participant in your life and care for you. And um, he's, our, he's watching over you. And I'm sure that he has already done things that whether you realize it, realize it or not, he was involved with. Um, bringing into this point, you know, so anyways, that's, well, I remember when, uh, you, you've, you've run, I don't know how many studies you've written now. That's, um, aside from the church wide ones, I think you, you've written a couple books and, um, and I've been involved in a lot of those studies that have come out from those books. And I remember, um, well, first I'll back up just a little bit that when you came back from California and, and began at the church here in Minnesota, that's when we first met and we mm -hmm. met at that church. And then we ended up in a women's group together. 
um, which we we called SAC for short. It was uh, Sisters Army in Christ, so it was S A C SAC for short, like SAC the Devil. Yeah. <laughs> and so we met in that women's group and um, and learned a lot about spiritual warfare and that kind of thing, which I, I kind of wanted to touch on too. But um, that first study that you wrote was the Proverbs thirty one. Mm-hmm. Living the first, on the yeah, living on purpose and. Um, I, I don't know if it was the first study, but you had journaled a lot, like you stated earlier, that you started journaling, and that's how that kind of grew grew from there, the writing. But I remember that first one that went out to the church, like it was put out there, like you were out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now it's yeah. out there. Now what am I going to do? Right. So um, if you want to talk just a little bit about that and what the feelings were like getting, leading up to that and how God led you through um, standing up in front of women, starting to speak at that point. Right. Well, um, a couple of years before that, I did that. I was reading a book and I saw a couple, you know, I was just, I, there were just a couple of things that stood out that I thought, oh, you know, it'd be kind of fun to talk about this stuff with people, with women. You know, maybe we could just have a social group and do something while we have a conversation. And I wrote a couple questions for each one, or you know, made a couple notes for each each of the proverbs, um, and in Proverbs thirty one, and kind of put it aside. And I think I, I had mentioned it to you at some point, and which is always a dangerous. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I had mentioned it to you. And I, I pulled it out one night, I grabbed it and I was at, my daughter was at dance and I sat at the caribou coffee across the, the street from the place and I would be there for two to three hours. So I'm like, okay, I'll bring my computer. I'll look at this. Maybe it's time to start doing something with it. And as I'm sitting there the very first night typing, you text me and say, hey, you know that study you had talked about that, you know, are you going to do anything with it? <laughs> I took a picture. I'm here doing it. <laughs> so, so you had the message loud and clear that it was time. And um, so, so yeah, I, I, it was real basic, um, but took each of the proverbs and was writing uh, just a little one page blurb about it and had three questions for each one and packaged it into seven weeks and and you were reading things and i was so worried about anybody looking at it and i i mean it's just so funny to think back like sweating you know just like nobody's <laughs> gonna like this they're all gonna hate. what are people gonna think and you're just so encouraging you have been one of the, my biggest cheerleaders over all the years and i know you're praying for me and encouraging me and you see something in me that i don't see in myself often and uh so now i'm gonna cry i mean just even when i go back to when we met okay i'm not gonna do that right now but when we met and just the significant change that it was for me in my life at that time just what an anchor you were for me um so one of the things that I had to do with, with you know, I, I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to send an email to the SAC group and tell them about it. And because we were kind of in this 
um, in between stage, let's say with what was going on at church and kind of feeling like we weren't really sure where we were at with things. And next thing I knew, I'm getting all these replies and I had 35 people, women wanting to do this study. So I sent a, a message to one of our pastors and I'm like, okay, well, this is what I did and this is what's going on. And I don't know where I'm gonna do this. Like, how am I gonna have 35 people? Well, it ended up at 80. <laughs> <laughs> when it was all said and done, there were 80 women, seven groups, um, you know, small groups within that. And I'm like, I don't, how did I get here? And I, you know, I had this team of people, which of course you were on the prayer team for that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to actually have to get up and say something to these people. We can't just like be in this little group and go through these questions. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so I had a worship song and I, you know, I had it all planned out and, um, yeah, it, it, it worked. It happened. I was nervous, but I'm like, okay, this is, this is what's happening. Like somehow this is where I am. So I'm going to just move forward with it. At one point, um, there was a book that I had read and it, and in it, it said, you know, we so often believe that we have all these red lights and before we we have to like make this decision dare to dream yeah bef yeah before we can go we have to like know that it's time to go but his his premise was let's go like we have a green light until there's a red light like we're so hesitant to move um and wait and wait and it's like we're just looking at like yellows or something or, you know, reds and yellows. Why, why are, why are we so afraid to see a green light? Um, so. And that my friends is where I heard that story from that you've heard from me <laughs> right there. Yeah. So, so, you know, so that, so there, again, it's not easy. It's not like every day is like this, go, go, go. Oh God, I'm on the move for God. There are days when I am terrified and I, Feel like i'm falling apart and um and yet this was one of those times this was like a, a a starting point i i mean i sent my first draft of the first lesson to to um our one of our pastors who was walking alongside of me in this and she, and i you know in it i'm like totally justifying and defending and like it's okay if this is horrible I, you know i don't need to do anything stop right now and and she looked at me and she said, don't you ever say that again. You have a, you know, you have a purpose in this. Um, I, I don't remember every word, but this, you need to keep moving is what she was telling me. So it's like, okay, well, if, if she can tell me that I can, I can go a little bit further. And I think I've just had enough people along the road walking alongside of me, encouraging me, telling me what I need to hear at the right time in the right way, um, coming, you know, and that's what we do for one another is we come alongside each other. And, yes. you know, it's to have this intimate relationship with God doesn't mean we don't ever question what we hear or what we think or what we think we understand or what we think we know, but we have people who, who are also hearing from God, who are also walking with him to say, yes, keep going. I, I'm in agreement with that. You know, I, this is good. You don't, you don't need to doubt yourself. Um, 
and we support each other and lean on each other. And so that's, I mean, one of the things, you know, we, we've always said is we point each other to Jesus. Yes. <laughs> every trouble in every situation. I mean, I remember telling you things and you saying, but you know, that's not true. And you, I can't argue. Like, I know what you're saying and I know what you're telling me. And um, we, ju we just have to keep our eyes focused on, on Jesus. And um, things become really clear. At with what's important, what matters. Um, it's not easy to step into something. And at the end of the day, if I say the wrong thing and I fall apart, Jesus is still going to love me. And my husband's still going to love me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, it's going to be okay. Yes. There's not, he's too big for me to mess it all up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh. There was uh, another thing on, on the notes. The, the infamous 15 and 20 year old notes um, and something I maybe listeners here have often heard me say is know the battle you are in mm -hmm. and and that was one of the significant things in the testimony that Mari shared years ago and it has stuck with me and several people for for over the years and I did share a little story about that with my nephew on the Godcast page on telegram if you want to read that um, about a bandana uh, when he, he was in Afghanistan. But that phrase, there was many points on the on the notes for your testimony, but that has always stuck with me the most. And so could you talk just a little bit about what that means to you, know the battle you are in? Well, Ephesians 6, you know, talks about that our battle is not against flesh and blood blood, but against the you know, spiritual realm, the, the principalities, the the powers, all, all of that. Um, I don't have it right in front of me um, to list it all out, but, but that, you know, I think we're so, we can be so physical uh, in what we see and what we hear, you know, the natural, the, the tangible things, but there's a battle going on um, that people don't know and recognize, and we can get caught up in it so easily. Um, the tension, the division, the strife, the arguing, the um, accusing, the lies, the manipulation. I mean, all of those things um, just do the do the enemy's will. You know, we give into it too easily, um, too often. And, and like I said, some, so many people just don't even know that this battle is going on. And so what can feel like such a personal attack, um, such a, uh, 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 you know, we're, the, we're a victim of our situation, our circumstances, or what somebody's saying or doing, um, but it's beyond that. And to be able to separate the battle of just being right and getting what we want in this world because really that's what it comes down to, I think, is we just, we want what we want. We, you know, we want things to be good. We want peace. We want, you know, we, we want to be content in our lives. We want families to get along. We want to be happy with people. We want, we want to go out and, you know, have fun and enjoy the world and all of this. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're meant to, we're supposed to enjoy it all. But if it, if what somebody else says or does destroys our joy, our um, 
enjoyment of our lives, um, you know, it, it, it takes something away from us. And we think that's the battle that we're fighting is to, to have people understand us or to um, see things our way or agree with us or think we're good or, um, you know, whatever it is. And there's, there's this battle that's going on inside every person. Um, every person who doesn't know Jesus um, you know, it is, is fighting something. Um, I mean, I'm still fighting something today, even though I'm in a relationship with them. Like I said, these, these fears and these hesitations and um, things that get me caught up in old thinking, um, you know, it's part of the battle. I can give into it or I can um, trust God with it. And so when there's people that I'm having struggles with, there was a situation at work where I was going to have to admit I did something wrong. I had made a mistake. I'd already talked to my boss about it. He knew all about it. We were in the works of getting things situated and settled and made right. But I was going to have to basically confess something to somebody. And I knew she. there was this feeling of judgment and questioning. Um, and I was so afraid to go talk to her. And God just said, I already know. And whatever judgment she has, that's mine to deal with. I'm I'm at work in her heart as much as I am in yours. Like I I'm I'm at work in her life. Um and so you don't worry about her judgment. I'll take care of that. You just do what you know is the right thing to do. And I've got you. So there's this this praying and then the peace that just came over me it was like i had no fear all of the fear was gone of what judgment there might be and so it wasn't so much that it was a a, a fear of her it was the fear of the judgment that might come mm -hmm. and that was the real battle that was this this tool of the enemy to to get us to you know to stop to not do what's right, to hide, to want to protect ourselves, to manipulate, to twist the truth, to, you know, just want to outright lie. I was, I was having a conversation with somebody recently and she's like, I did this thing and I just, I want to just tell them I was, you know, gone. I, you know, not, not actually confess that she just forgot. And she's looking at, you know, like, what do you think? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course you have to tell her the truth. <laughs> yes. You just have to confess. You just have to confess. And she'll, you know, it's going to be okay. And she did and everything was fine. But it wasn't, it was that same week. I had the same situation. And all I wanted to do was run. I just wanted, I didn't want to face it. I didn't want to deal with it. I wanted, I'm like, how can I, how can I position this to not face what might come at me, this conflict. And I'm like, oh, I just need to, I know what I need to do. And I just need to do it because if she, all I could see was her smiling face in front of me, you know, <laughs> saying, you know what you need to do. And, and so, you know, I did and everything was fine. And I'm like, okay, that was easier than I, than, you know, it's, it's easier than you think it is to step into situations, to not be angry, to not, you know, to, to just give people space um, to be flawed, 
to be who they are, to not understand, to not know. Um, you know, if if the enemy can't keep you away from God, he's going to try to make you ineffective yes. in, your, in your walk with him. And so um, I, I remember that and I think, okay, every, every fear, every concern is an opportunity to break down some dividing wall um, in my relationship with God, something I'm holding back from him. And that's the battle is um, we pray for people. Um, one of the, the lessons I wrote in one of the books, I hadn't realized this was, you know, this whole thing of putting up a, um, I don't remember what it was called, but like you, you fortify yourself. You can either ground yourself and, and put up like this wall of protection um, and kind of settle in and fight the battle. That's one way. Or you create, you know, it's kind of like the shields of the Roman soldiers that they build around them as they walked forward. Um, you know, they'd be in front and then they kind of hold them up over their heads yeah. and shield this, wall. Yeah. Like this shield wall that as we pray, we're advancing We're there's this protection, but we're also advancing. We're also taking ground. And so every little prayer, every little, um, every big prayer, um, there's ground that's being taken, whether we see it or not, because we know that God's in it we know god is we know god wants peace we know he wants um uh unity we know that he wants all that to come to know him we know that he wants these things so if we're praying in these these ways um we're we're on his side of that battle yes, um, yes. so it you know if we see people as the enemy we'll never be any good for him in their lives because how will we ever, how will there ever be a difference made in how they see God? How, how will they ever be able to see him clearly if we're no different than the world around us? Yeah, exactly. That, that brings me to, um, we're kind of closing in on, on sort of the end of the evening, but I also wanted to talk just a little bit about, um, the spiritual warfare aspect of our relationship as friends and sisters in Christ. And um, I just wanted to uh, mention a little brief story, which um, I can go into more later, but um, there was a time where I was, there was many times I was dealing with some things. And I remember one specific instance where I was at my brother's and I was talking with you on the phone and you had been talking to me about, um, we were talking about, you know, uh, spiritual warfare and prayer and against the demonic. And we had uh, talked about all the relationships between, um, you know, you might have a, a demonic entity of anger that might be related to this or that or, mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And so these were t very typical conversations that we would have about spiritual warfare and prayer and there were so many instances where in both of our lives where we needed to put the armor on and face it and with together too and so mm -hmm. um i just wanted to know uh 
or wanted you to share with people about that spiritual warfare aspect of this battle and how important it is. And some people don't even know. I didn't know years ago either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't feel like an expert by any means on this. I, I, I feel somewhat ill-equipped to, <laughs> to talk about it even, you know, um, but, but, you know, there were people in my life too, who, when I would talk about things that were going on, you know, it was very clear that it wasn't, um, that it, that it, it wasn't uh, something God was doing. You know, there was a there was a, a negative influence uh, in in a way to say the least. Um, and they taught me how to pray. You know, uh, against these things. And one of the books I had, um, uh, I think it was called Pigs in the Parlor. Yes, it's... where it talked about these groupings. And so you know, like just praying about you know um against anger and along with anger there might be bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and so it's not like we just see this one thing it's it's praying kind of praying into all of the related things it's like the the man who had the demons and it was his name was legion and there was you know this whole army of of demons that were possessing this man and as christians we can't be possessed because we have the holy spirit but we can still be influenced we can still be you know um we can still hear those words of the accuser speaking to us about about um what we have a right to be upset about or um you know this person is really angry so um i must be a victim you know what whatever it is you know how we how we perceive things but instead saying okay I'm going to pray against this anger. I'm going to pray against this um, situation. And I remember one time praying for my husband. I was having some challenges with some things, and and it was just it was a there was a real battle going on in our house, and um, just hard to talk about prayer and talk about church and things that were going on, and um, just prayed against resentment and bitterness and anger uh, against pride and just one of the things that um, that was part of that that I realized was this um, escape like sometimes it's just easy to be passive we think we're being passive by just walking away and not talking about it but there's a lot of power in that um, escapism of you hold all the cards by not acknowledging something and not being willing to talk about something and um just praying for this conversation to happen but every time i pray against something and this isn't with him i mean it's for myself too but as i pray against these things i'm praying to be filled with the things of god you know instead of anger there's love and compassion and mercy instead of um uh like irritation and frustration there's peace and patience you know just asking the spirit to to give me more of that and and to fill this other person with more of that and there were times it was just 
this dramatic change of getting the phone call after, you know, of apology and recognition of what had happened. And, um, you know, we can all say, well, people apologize and then they do it again. Well, we all do that at some level, you know, I'm not talking about abuse and I'm not talking about anything where somebody's truly unsafe. I'm just talking about the normal everyday things that wear on us that, that get in the middle of relationships and divide before we even realize what's happened. Um, that we decide it's worth fighting for the relationship um, between a husband and a wife or between friends or between members of a church, you know, um, whatever it is that, that the relationships actually matter. And so we want to fight for them, not just give in to, well, if you don't like me, you know, if you don't like what I do or say, then I don't need to be around you. You know, that's kind of the world's way right now. Yeah. And that's just so such, you know, it's like, it's just playing right into the hands of the enemy. Like that's what he wants, that division, that strife, that anger, that, that just giving up on one another. And um, so, you know, there was a, when one of the, one of the situations we were trying to make a decision about something and my daughter asked, you know, well, well, if dad asks me about this, what do I say? And I said, you just tell him the truth. Just tell him how you feel about something. And she told him and he walked out, went outside for a moment and came back. And it, he, it was enough that he could hear God through it. And we were all in agreement about, about this thing that we needed to do. And he's like, I don't know if I like it, but this is what I know is right. And I just thought that was, you know, this, this willingness to be humble and um, give up our will for, for what God wants. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know if there's more about the spiritual warfare. I mean, there's how it all works and how we're praying against things and, and what God's doing in it, you know, um, how we do it in the name of Jesus, you know, the yeah. word is all that kind of stuff. Like there's all this technical stuff that it feels like, <laughs> but, um, but there is a there is a real battle that we need to be aware of, and um, our relationships are just going to continue to be um, frustrated yeah. if we aren't willing to recognize that um, that there is this influence out there that that we can come to God in and ask Him to uh, that we can bring His kingdom in, yes. like He's been given this authority to bring His kingdom into it, and where his people are he rules and reigns and so are we gonna let the devil have his way in our house or are we gonna um say this this house serves the lord you know like yes. kind of yeah. that kind of thing you know yeah. so um well that's awesome yeah thank you for sharing that i know that we've we've been through a few trenches together in that mm -hmm. and the support of each other is so important and mm -hmm. I, I think, think go ahead okay so one thing i was going to say i think at the end of the day if we remember who god is and what you know we we can have all the problems in the world and we can have all these things happening that don't seem right and we don't like and that we want fixed and resolved um but when we actually trust god 
and his character, his nature, that he is, um, he is completely, he is active. He is not passive in any way. Um, it changes our perspective. It changes the way we approach things. And, um, and, it, and it changes the, the trajectory of, of where we're going. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Mari. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, one, one takeaway for me, I, I, I really enjoyed um, the relationship that you have. And it all began for you uh, when you were a child and you asked, will he speak to me too? And uh, you, you went from that to the incredible relationship that you have with him now. That's really amazing how you sought how you sought that out mm-hmm. um, how you were drawn to him it's beautiful yeah i enjoyed that <laughs> um, <laughs> i um, still feel like i rambled a little bit but oh know. no it was it was perfect it was just like you stated oh. it's and then one of the other say things, things we people need to hear and we don't know what they are yeah maybe one of the other things I enjoyed is um, that uh, how he how he sees us and uh, how he gets joy from watching us step into and and taking risks and chances and 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 watching us growth just as we do our children. I never really thought of thought of it like that, you know. As a as a father, I I have all those feelings for my children, but I never really thought that he has those for me as as well. I guess I I didn't think that deep into it um well it's the joy i I feel i know he must feel it tenfold (laughs) well and specifically when i was getting ready for this i thought of you and starting this podcast and this step of obedience for him that he put this on your heart to do and you're doing it whether you knew how to do it or you know what you had to learn or over i don't know what if you had to overcome anything to to do it but um (laughs) just that that he sees you and he is he delights in you doing this mm-hmm. yeah i think he does so your um the study that's coming up uh that you're involved in right now and i, I can't remember what we still can't remember what we talked about at dinner what um that great thought that was like, whoa, that we should have seen that. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's on the seven last statements of Christ on the cross. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's the name of it again? The study? Lamb of God, the sacrifice that sets us free. And where and where can our listeners find that study? Uh it will be it starts the weekend of February 10th and 11th. Mm-hmm. And it will be um, on the Northgate Church uh, website. It's Northgate Churches in Ramsey, Minnesota. And it's ngatechurch.org, I think. Dot, I think it's dot com. Is it? Oh, I, don't, I don't, don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm always like. We'll I mean, get it right and put it on the telegram. <laughs> I know. I'm always. Uh, let's see. North, ngatechurch.org. Okay. Is where you can find it. So, yeah.
all of the messages, the the group study information, the daily devotions will all be there. Okay. Will they have the video of you on there too? And the videos we've posted <laughs> as well. Not to remind you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank and you. when one more time your website they can find you at um mariefaith.com live your faith ministries uh .com well everything will bring you to one place wonderful and if you're listening we'll have that on our telegram page at this official godcast on telegram and you can find those there as well thank you mari thank you thank you and stick around we'll we'll talk to you afterwards okay. a little bit Wow. Will God want a relationship with me? Will God speak to me? The answer is yes, he will. And all you have to do is seek him. Uh, if I can, please, Romans 10, 9 through 10 reads that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So if you are wanting that relationship with Christ, that personal relationship that, that Mari has shown us, uh, it's, it's that easy. Confess with your mouth that you believe he's Lord, believe that he was raised from the dead, and repent of your sins, and you'll be saved. For those of us who are saved, uh, let's think of those in our lives that aren't, and please have that conversation with them. Uh, Mary, do you want to close this out? I'd, yes. I'd like to go further, but I know we're on time, so. Yeah, and uh, we have the prayer jar that we started, yes. and I don't know if I told Mary about this, but um, we have a prayer jar that we began a few months ago where people have given us people that they know their names that they want salvation for them now of course we want salvation for everybody but um, these are specific names that people have taken the time to uh, contact us about and so we've been praying for them each week and for salvation by name and um I forgot a couple times in a row, so I decided that we need to maybe do that right at the beginning of the ending prayer, and that way I'll always remember it. So I don't know if anybody else had any uh, prayer requests or not, but God knows what those requests are. And um, if you, uh, if Ron notices anything during the prayer, just we'll just state it at the end, and we'll make sure we pray for you too. So um, these people, Lord, we're just going to lift them up to you right now. In the name of Jesus, we lift up Taylor, Mary, Gregory, Blake, Ron and Kathy, Leah, Jay, Ariana, Patrick, Sarah, Caleb, Kathy, and James. We lift up all these names to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just come upon them in just a remarkable way that you already know what will open their eyes and their ears to you, Lord, and their hearts. You know the specific divine appointments that are already in store for these people. You've, you direct our steps. 
So, Lord, I pray for these uh, people that they would come to know you, that would recognize you in others. I pray for those people that would come up alongside them, that they are given the boldness to approach every single one of these people and share the gospel with them, share the good news, share salvation, even if it's just to plant a seed. And and I hate even saying just because that's a, such an important step in this is planting seeds. So thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for the opportunity we have to plant seeds in others. It's all for you. And Lord, I want to lift up Mari and her family and her, her kids and her grandchildren and um, just pour an abundant blessing upon them more than they can even imagine. Mari knows that she's blessed, Lord. I ask for an even greater blessing to be poured upon her and more opportunities for her to share what you've done in her life, what you continue to do, and what you're going to keep doing. And thank you for giving her the voice. Thank you for giving her the humble heart and just the mind to even ask those questions of you, Lord. I think you delight in that. I know you delight in Mari. Thank you for our friendship. Thank you for all the things that we've gone through together. And even, even if we, you know, hadn't talked for a while, it just seems, you know, that you're you're the connector, you're the glue, Lord. So obviously it just when we would come back together, it would just be so normal and loving. And I love that you you work in both of us to point each other to you. And thank you for what you have put upon her heart and her mind to share. And even, even as tonight comes, Lord, that she if she when she's reflecting on this evening, that you will just give her an over uh, just a huge amount of confidence, Lord, that she has shared exactly what she needed to share, what you wanted her to share, Lord. And I pray for whatever seed that's planting that would just be watered and that it would grow in someone else, that other divine appointment that's already in, in the works. And Lord, I also want to lift up um, the health of everyone in this community and um, those that have lost people this week. And I pray peace upon them. I pray, Lord, for every person in here facing a battle, that they would know the battle that they're in, that you would show them what that battle is, and that you would show them the armor that they already possess, that they just need to put on, Lord. And bless Ron and his family and um, his kids and their grandpa and just ask for health upon their whole family. And for my family too, Lord, I pray for health and I thank you for my brother turning the big 7-0 this, this year. And I just thank you for him, Lord, that you placed him in my life and that he's been there for our whole family. I pray for relationships, that they're strengthened with, with you, Lord. And I pray for this world we live in and the things that are happening that we would just take peace 
that we'd be assured that you have all things under control and that we'd be open in our hearts, minds, and bodies to step into where you want us to step in. Thank you, Jesus, for tonight. I knew it was going to be awesome because you're awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mari. I feel spoiled. You know, they always told me if, if you want to become a great person, you want to hang around with great people. So I've always tried to surround myself with great people. And I certainly feel blessed tonight. Thank you, Mari. Thank you, Mary. Um, you two are both individually incredible people and even better together. <laughs> I love watching you too. Mary, you like to talk about how uh, people pour into each other. I've been watching yeah. it all night. It's really quite beautiful. The two of you are amazing. Uh, your friendship's amazing. Yeah, God did that. Sure did. Yep. Thank you. I can see you're a blessing to each other. And you've both been a blessing to us all tonight. Thank you again, both of you. And thank you, everyone who's listening uh, on the replay live. Everybody here, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. We love you. We can't wait to see you next week for David Gribble, Footloose, 7 p.m. Eastern time next week on Podbean. Don't be late. Anything else before we leave, Mary? No. Final words, Mari? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank All you right, then. I'll leave you with this. My dearest friends, let us not forget, we are here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So please, find that person you love that does not know God, and tell them your testimony. Do it today. See you next week, guys. Night, guys. Love you. So Good night. Trying to fill a void inside so many questions. Asking how, asking why. I might not have all the answers, but I've tasted and I've seen. There's a better path for Jesus. There's no going back for me. I'm gonna live the way he says to live. Do what he says to do. You can choose whatever road you choose. But I'm gonna love the way he says to love. Trust the way he says to trust. This world alone will never be enough. So I'm gonna walk with Jesus. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk with Jesus. I'm gonna walk with Jesus. He's in the leading. That's why I follow where he goes, he's in restoring all the lost and broken souls. He keeps moving rich in mercy, he meets us where we are. No matter where you go, no such thing has gone too far. I'm gonna live the way he says to live, do what he says to do. You can choose whatever road you choose. So I'm gonna walk with you.
All right, wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone. We look forward to seeing you next week. Yes, next week. Until then. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Love you. Love you.